Welcome to Optimizing Human Potential with some of the top experts in the world of mind, body, and soul. In this show, we'll deal with everything from holistic health and fitness to spiritual growth and consciousness. Here are your hosts, Nicole Cruz and John Kempf. Hello and welcome to Optimizing Human Potential, Mind, Body, and Soul, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, Super Busy Mommy Coach, helping busy parents with young children to reach high levels of fitness and health, despite being sleep-deprived and interrupted every two minutes. And I am John Kemp, Functional Strength and Nutrition Coach and Yoga Instructor, and I help to teach people how to move and live better using fitness, nutrition, and mindfulness. Today we have as our guest, Lahela Hekikia, who has a powerful story about having scoliosis during childhood and chronic pain from age 19 to 37, until her spine was greatly improved after combining modern Pilates with self-massage. After two years, a chiropractor told her that she did not have a a case of clinical scoliosis anymore. She became a licensed massage therapist certified by NCBTMB since 2001, and she's been teaching Pilates for almost 11 years, getting certified in 2008. Lahela started studying osteopathic sciences in 2010, and from that designed her own form of therapeutic bodywork and deepened her understanding of how to help someone move with ideal body mechanics. She loves to work with injuries and spinal issues and to help seniors improve their balance and mobility. Lahela also loves to help athletes improve their performance and avoid injury. Lahela is also on the board of directors of the Pilates Initiative, which is a nonprofit devoted to education and outreach. Lahela, welcome to the show. Thank you. Aloha. So excited to be here. Aloha. Yeah. We, we didn't mention you're from Hawaii. Lucky. <laughs> yes. And it's my birthday today. Happy birthday, Lahela. <laughs> Thank you. What a, what a great way to start a new year doing a podcast. I've never done one before. Oh, yes. yes. Thanks for taking the time out on your birthday to share some of your wisdom with us and with our audience. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> so for people who aren't familiar, what is scoliosis and what problems did it cause you? Okay. So scoliosis is a, um, it's a slightly abnormal uh, spine condition. Some people, you can really tell they have it because they've got one shoulder really high up, one down, and hips, they can be really uneven. And for that kind of person, it, it can be a really serious case of discomfort and disability as they get older. Mine was not so uh, so severe. It was subtle. I, could, I can see myself in pictures and still see that it's there, but it's it's an abnormal spinal curve where you've got a little twist in the pelvis and a little extra twist in the ribs and in the spine. So when someone's standing or walking, you can generally see a little imbalance in the shoulders, one higher, one lower, one hip higher, one hip lower. And some people may go through their entire life without having pain. But for me, I started having chronic pain from 19 and it was just not like severe, but it was just this constant gnawing, slight pain that I wished would go away. Mm -hmm. And what I also found is that regular, you know, when I tried to jump into yoga class, regular flies class, my body just wasn't doing what other people's was doing because I had the spine curve and I had to figure out 
how to how to work with it. And, and the other thing that I um, noticed is that I always had one sided athletic injuries. So I'd been a runner from age eight, stopped at 30 because I thought I couldn't do it anymore. But I went back to it just a couple months ago and love it. But I always noticed during that time that I had all the running injuries on my right side. So right side bursitis, which is an inflammation in the hip. I had a IT band injury that lasted for several years. That's a, a painful condition that can cause your knee to lock up. I had a stress fracture on my right foot when I was 30. That's kind of what prompted me to stop. So I was like, hmm, maybe I'm, I'm hurting myself now instead of, you know, because I, I love running and I, I'm so glad that I'm back into it. But I, I just knew that the reason I was having this pain and all these athletic injuries was because of the scoliosis and putting more pressure on my right foot, right hip, and had to figure out what can what can I do? Is there any way to fix it? And when I was 10, I got diagnosed by x-ray and, and I asked the doctor, well, if I did yoga or stretching or something, would this get rid of it? And he said, no. And I said, really, are you sure? And he just kind of patted my head and said, no, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just there. You don't, I, I didn't need a brace or, or surgery. Some people actually do have to go as far as to get surgery because it's compromising their ability to breathe and it's compromising their intestines and, and internal organs. In that case, I go ahead and do what the doctor says. But if, you know, for me, he said, no, you don't need that, but if you're just going to have the scoliosis for life and you'll probably get arthritis when you're 50. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound very fun. But I told him, I don't believe you. I think I could do something stretching wise or exercise wise to, to fix it. But it took until my 30s to when I stopped doing running and in my 30s, I, I, I dabbled a little bit in Pilates, but didn't know much about it and then got into teacher training in 2007. And that's where I really started branching out and saying, I can work on my spine because I had these really awesome teachers. One was a physiotherapist. She, uh, her name's Ann Dawson. She's in, in Winnipeg in Canada, but she was there teaching a course and I asked her for some private lessons and she just gave me a different way of thinking about my body and saying, well, don't necessarily think straight Pilates. You have to think about your body in a different way. So with her encouragement and also a master trainer from Stop Pilates, which was my, uh, my initial training, she also said, yeah, you're just going to have to figure it out. And so I worked with just some foundational ideas and worked through my body, changed the way I was breathing. So to a Pilates purist, they'd say that's, you know, they might not agree that it's even Pilates, especially if they're classically trained, but modern Pilates allows for a lot of modifications. So it's, it was very modern Pilates, but I did have to change the way I breathed and moved and I had to move very slowly found areas where I felt stuck and go, okay, what's happening here? And just, and then I would self massage and go, well, if I do this, that's letting go. And just little by little, I started noticing that I could move a little bit more smoothly. And, it, but it took a, a while. I mean, there's, there's definitely plateaus and feeling like I was backsliding. Like I could do this yesterday. Why not today? And after kind of keep <clears throat> figuring it out and yeah, and then two years later, I 
decided to go see a chiropractor for an x-ray just because he wanted to maybe network. And so he took my, my x-ray and said, are you, do you mean to tell me that you used to have scoliosis? And I said, what do you mean used to? I grabbed it and I said, oh my God, I'm so excited. I mean, I could still see there's a little something there, but it, it, it was vastly improved. So I can't say that the spine is perfect. It may never be, but it was, it was definitely vastly improved. And over this time, I figured out more and more what was the, the root causes of my imbalances and yeah. just kept working on that. Then getting into strengthening muscles and just working on improving my, my alignment and the way I was bouncing on my feet. And yeah, it's just, it just takes a lot of, of patience. If you do have scoliosis, it's not going to go away. You know, there's no such thing as an instant cure. And even if you get surgery, you still have some issues because the, you know, if you get your spine fused, you're going to be more, more likely than not, you're going to have some hypermobility issues above and below the fusions. And once you have your spine changed, you can't change where that, you know, where you're fused but you can still make yourself feel more comfortable. Even if you did have a fusion, you can, you can still do some exercises that will make you feel better overall anyway. And um, so that's, yeah, that's my story. It's just, uh, everybody's going to be different. And uh, when it comes to scoliosis, you, you do have to think a little out of the box and that a standard exercise probably is not going to, going to be the ideal way of, of executing it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Could you explain Pilates a little bit more for people that yes. aren't familiar with it? Because Absolutely. me, as a strength coach and a movement specialist and a yoga instructor even, all of those things have their own benefits but limitations yes. as well. And Pilates is one of those things that I recommend to so many people because it's such a beneficial complementary movement practice and just that alone is something that's so neglected in the general population that is sitting in a car and then sitting right. at a desk and then sitting on the couch. They're always in these stuck positions. And Pilates is such a intuitive but also very methodological way to help people regain full access yes. to this movement. But nobody knows what it is. And, and if you're a guy, especially... You're like, I'm not going to walk into a Pilates class yes. with a bunch yes. of chicks wearing yoga pants <laughs> and feel all awkward and embarrassed because I can't touch my toes, you know? But those are the kind of things that they need the most. So if you could kind of just talk more about the foundation and the background of it and the applications, especially for people that maybe have a weight training routine or a fitness routine, how it could benefit them. Yes. Pilates, I, I, I absolutely love Pilates. Uh, I will also say that Pilates and yoga are really good complementary disciplines because they fill in the blanks. Things that, that Pilates does not do, yoga does, and vice versa, and, and, but they work really well together. Pilates, believe it or not, most people don't realize that it was, it was started by a man. His name is Joseph Pilates. And he really made uh, his presence known when he moved to New York and he worked with a lot of dancers. And dancers very famously overwork their bodies. They have uh, a lot of chronic pain issues when they get older. So he worked with a lot of them and he, in his career, he has, he had a base of, of students that became sort of the elders 
of in the Pilates industry, that is more the classical world of Pilates. And so you have an interesting dichotomy of classical Pilates, which is a lineage based from Joseph Pilates and then one of these elders. And I, and I do have an amazing mentor who's classically trained. Then you have the modern Pilates and that is more infused with principles from physical therapy and physiotherapy. So the difference there is that not to say anything's wrong or bad, it's just different. So the classical Pilates tends to be much more regimented. You have a certain way of doing things. And if you have a great teacher, that's, it's awesome. With, with modern Pilates, we tend to follow the developing science. And, you know, so again, physiotherapists and physical therapists tend to gravitate towards modern Pilates if they're going to go into some kind of training. And we tend to, maybe in some ways you could say like micromanage the body where someone might come in and say, well, I've got a knee issue. Okay, well, let's take a really close look then at the knee and what's going on with the way you move and we'll figure out what Pilates exercises we can do and what modifications we can do to make it work better. So mm. modern Pilates is really attractive then for people that are that don't come from maybe a highly athletic background or maybe they're older. And so we, we see more people that are their desk workers for a living or they work on their feet but they don't necessarily practice dance and they don't have the same flexibility and strength as a young dancer might have or just different different imbalances in their muscles and the way that they use them and we we have these these plies equipment not it's not just work out on a mat we have an amazing variety of exercise equipment one's called a reformer where you're you can lie down sit or kneel on a sliding platform with spring tension and you work out your arms, your legs, you, it tends to be a safer place for someone who may be going through physical therapy. They'll tend to work with a physical therapist on a reformer first. Then we also have other equipment called the Cadillac, which is really neat when you get into some of these other exercise equipment because it helps you to really feel where you are imbalanced in your muscles and your movement so you can be uh, much more focused in the way that you move and retrain. So we retrain people how to move so that they feel more comfortable in their bodies and they can, they can reach their arm higher. They can, they can finally reach their toes perhaps, or they, if they're older, let's say they're, they're 80 and they're worried about falling I work with a lot of older people that would never walk into a mat class, but they can work on a on one of you know the reformers and on the Cadillac and do some some very gentle techniques. And they get up and they say, "Wow, I don't, I have better balance. I don't feel like like I'm nervous about falling down anymore." And I had an 88 year old who said he came in for a session and said. Oh, I almost slipped on the stairs, but I bent my knees, I reached out, and I grabbed the railing. And I wouldn't have done that before. I would have just flopped down and fallen down the stairs. So, I mean, that, that was really gratifying. Just something as simple as that. Like, I don't need a super Olympian. I, I, I really get a lot of gratification working with someone who says, 
I don't feel like I'm going to fall down anymore. And yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Going off that too, just ranting a little bit. What's the, one of the highest rates of mortality it's falling related injuries. Yes. Yes. So anything we can do to help people with that is humongous. Like Mm -hmm. that's such a big deal. That's why I'm such an advocate of strength training too. Like even if, Bodyweight strength training, like Pilates, like anything that's causing the nervous system to function at an optimal rate is going to help you with balance, with strength, with resilience of tissue, like all the things that are basically keeping you alive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've had some training as a nurse aide. I'm a certified nurse aide. And one of the things we talked about a lot was keeping someone safe because once they fall down and break the pelvis, it's, it's yeah it's it's often downhill from there and it's when someone's older and their bones become more brittle it, it does become an issue so yeah strength training very important balance training mm-hmm. anything we can do to help with that flexibility training if they just are more flexible in their reach they can reach out and grab something yeah. or they can bend their or you know um coordination they they go oh i'm slipping bend the knees and then they catch themselves before they just let one foot slip totally totally it's language and that's something that i'm so passionate about especially teaching the youth the next generation is language movement is a language that we don't get taught and so we we under prioritize its importance but movement itself is its own language that's connected to the brain you know, which prevents neurodegenerative decay, on and on and on. Like, it's just movement is the ticket. And so, yeah, I applaud you for, for yeah. your connections. Um, you mentioned youth. I'm so glad you said that because what I noticed, I mean, I'm 49, yay. Um, in my day, we didn't sit in front of computers, not until high school. Then, yeah, we used computers to write our papers. But we weren't sitting in front of computers all day in chat rooms. We weren't on our mobile devices looking down and creating net tension. Yeah. I see so many teens and, and, and young 20-somethings walking around campuses with slouchy posture, and they're looking down at the ground, and I'm wondering, is, yeah. is that a lot of just muscle tension? And just to get them into, say, a Pilates class, a yoga class, a movement class, so that they can open up some of these tight muscles. Yeah. Because a lot of them are complaining about back pain and neck pain that my generation never did. You know, we we didn't start complaining about that sort of thing until we were maybe 40 and been at a desk job for 15 years. Then suddenly it's an issue, but they're talking about it and they're 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And I even worked with a young kid who was 12 and he was so slouched. And I said, do you sit, do you lie in your bed, like sit in your bed with your laptop and just slouch and do this? And he said, yes. And I said, try not to do that anymore. That's, that's part of the problem with the, with the back pain. And yeah. he said, well, I never thought about that. So the, the youth of today are not thinking about movement as therapy and as a way to be able to remain more mobile even when they're 40 because otherwise you start seeing some issues with with spines and necks and um and knees you know at a, at a much younger age and they'll uh, you know i'm hopeful that they will get the message so that 
they will lengthen their their mobile lives yeah. and, and be even better than we are now. And even to put the the nail in the coffin further, just you know, reiterating what you were saying is like they aren't even aware of the postural deficiency or dysfunction. And of course, there's no perfect posture, yada yada yada, to go down that route. But I mean, it's the patterns that you repeat most, right. most often, and to change that pattern, whether it's an eating pattern, a thinking pattern, a behavior pattern, or a motor pattern. You have to be aware of the pattern that is currently running the show. And because they don't learn that language, they don't even know that it exists. And that's why it's so much even more important to get these kids, to get these people in these movement classes like Pilates, like dance even. Exotic dance is getting much more popular because it's letting people go just move. And by physically expressing yourself, you're learning about yourself literally on all levels. You're learning what you're okay with, what you're not okay with movement wise, emotional wise. Like it's so interrelated and it's, it's just so quintessential for people. And I'm a key example of that too. Like strength athlete, uh, I played semi-professional football and just wrecked my body, but I was strong and big. Woohoo. Right. And then my body started to break down. And I stumbled into yoga and it just absolutely changed my life from first the physical all the way through the mental, emotional, spiritual levels. And now it's just like the epiphany for me to like, how can I help people become aware of their body and space and then teach them how to move it in any way? So that's why I'm just so passionate and happy to have you on the podcast because we definitely see eye to eye in that way. Oh, definitely. I, I, I do love yoga. I practice it. Personally, I'm not a teacher, but I appreciate it so much. And what I really love about it the most is the breathing. And if I, if I, the one thing I changed about my Pilates practice is the breathing because I was so influenced by yoga and I would feel the difference. Like if I breathe a different way, I would, wow, my ribs are opening Mm -hmm. my muscle. Mm -hmm. I feel my muscles releasing tension by breathing this different way. And that is, incidentally, one of the things that I brought into my, my modified Pilates practice, cool. especially when it comes to changing the spine with the, with the um, scoliosis. So, can you describe it? Describe the breathing? Yeah, so can you describe for you know the, what the Pilates breathing is like and what the yoga breathing is like and what, the, what benefits you found by swapping it out? Yes. Okay. So a typical Pilates breathing that, that I've been taught, whether it's classical or even the modern, what I believe is that it was derived from all the, the dancers that brought their aesthetic training from dance into Pilates because it did not seem from looking at videos that Joseph Pilates himself actually was breathing that way necessarily, but I could see how Perhaps if someone's hyper, hyper mobile, maybe that's helpful. But for me, it just wasn't changing my spine. But so Pilates breathing, you would tend to inhale through the nose and exhale through pursed lips. And some Pilates trainings have definitely diverged from that. Some, some Pilates teachers do breathe in and out the nose. But the other thing that they tend to do is keep the the tummy really tight so keeping your belly button like trying to pull it in towards your spine like you're really sucking in your belly and then breathing 
in and out. So if someone was to do that right now, you could like make your tummy really tight, pull your belly in towards your spine and take a, an inhale for your nose and then take an exhale. You can exhale through purse lips if you want to try it. And just feel what that's doing to your ribs and try that one more time. Breathe in, keep the belly tight and take an exhale and just feel what that did to your ribs. We'll do one more time. Three is a, a magic number. So keep the belly tight. Inhale through the nose. Feel the ribs. And then exhale. Now the difference with yoga is they don't keep that tight tummy. They allow you to fill the belly, fill the, fill the lungs fully. So just sit relaxed and take an inhale and fill the belly full. And then I'm just going to do an exhale through the nose. So we're not going to do like a, like a, I mean, um, if you want to do like a real uh, yoga breathing, I would like the yoga teacher to, to teach that since I'm not a yoga teacher. But if you do that again, breathe in, let the belly fill this time instead of belly to spine, right? Mm -hmm. Fill the lungs and exhale. And notice what that's doing to your ribs instead. And why I say this is because the ribs are attaching to your spine. Breathe in, fill the lungs, fill the belly, and exhale. The ribs open up a lot more. Now let's go back to the, to the typical Pilates breath and make the tummy tight. And now breathe in through the nose. Can you feel that it's a, a, a little bit more, um, it affects you a different way. It doesn't mm -hmm. allow the ribs to open the same way. What I found as a person with scoliosis, I needed to change my ribs because my ribs attached to my spine. And I can't change my spine unless I change my ribs. So I chose a different kind of breathing so that I could let some muscle tension go in my rib and, and abdominal area. So we'll take one more deep inhale, fill the belly, fill the lungs. And take an exhale. And there's also some other reasons why that affects us in a different way. I don't want to get too deeply into that, but it affects our organs. Aren't we have in this area, we've got our internal organs. And when we let the belly fill this way, breathe in and then breathe out. The, the organs have more room to move. They'll move more freely. Oftentimes what people don't know is that they might have some, I'll use the word stuckness. I don't know if that's a real word, but I <laughs> use that a lot. There could be some stuckness in the internal organs that's actually leading to, or at least contributing to their lack of mobility. So if you allow the, the, um, the organs to move more freely, that will also uh, give you a better chance at at creating more flexibility. So, and not, and again, I don't want to say Pilates is wrong, the, the, that the other way is wrong. I just want to say that it, it, for me, as someone that needed to change my spine in a very distinct way, that I needed to change the way I breathed. Mm -hmm. no, that totally makes sense. I feel like I've also found yoga breathing intuitively to feel better. And that could be, maybe I just need to try, you know, a, another Pilates teacher for sure. But it just went, that resonated with me when you said you did that. And I was wondering, you yeah. know, and like you said about it, massaging the internal organs, I think it's, 
it's so important. And, you know, I can imagine that there are benefits to the Pilates breathing. Just, I felt the same way as you. It intuitively didn't feel right. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and, and again, I don't want to say something's right or wrong because I've got lots of friends Mm -hmm. that teach Pilates just for, for me to change my spine. I made the, the aha moment that my spine's attached to my ribs my ribs move differently with more yoga focused breathing. So I changed my breathing uh, in order to change my spine. And also what was gratifying is that when I was going through Franklin method teacher training, we we were taught to breathe that way as well. So I was like, Mm -hmm. aha. And we just learned some reasons why that was a really beneficial way of breathing. And uh, so I, and I just found that was that that really helped, you know, really keep me focused on what I have been doing because I started Pilates training in late 2007, early 2008, worked with a physiotherapist who said, think a little more out of the box. And she wasn't even specifically a Pilates teacher, but she did teach a really awesome Pilates course for injuries and special populations. And she said, go ahead. And the master teacher trainer from the Pilates training said, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Think out of the box. Think for yourself. This isn't a, it's not prescriptive the way that they were teaching us in teacher training. It's, it's a foundation, but there's no such thing as a standard body anyway. And there will be people that will need to modify here and there as as needed and um and again if if going back to just regular flies breathing let's imagine if you're a a 12 year old hyper hyper mobile ballerina gymnast it probably would be better in some instances for that person to use more of a pilates breath and that's where a lot of the initial pilates students came from was Mm -hmm. her flexible dance world and gymnastics and things like that but then you take it to a different audience which would be say someone like me i worked at a desk from i sat at a desk for years and years from school and then what was a an attorney working at a desk 16 hours a day that really wasn't so so great for my back and my neck and everything and so after a couple years i said i'm going to do something different with my with my life. I want to go into something healing for myself. I'm still a, an attorney, but I don't sit at a desk 16 hours a day anymore. But yeah, so you take someone like that who has a completely different conditioning. They're sitting. They've got certain muscles that are chronically tight, others that are chronically underused, and they they benefit from using a, a different approach. And that's that's just simple way of putting it yeah it's interesting too because like you said neither way neither way is wrong and i can attest being a bodybuilder and a weightlifter the pilates breath is actually what i do intuitively when i'm breathing between strength training sets like you're not going to be able to woosah namaste breath nice and slow after you squat 400 pounds like (laughs) show me that person right like but it's all about the regulation of the nervous system too like the deep belly breath is stimulating the vagus nerve more it's down regulating the system with the massaging going on 
you're bringing yourself down into that stress-free, nice, relaxed state. And you can feel that change almost immediately. Like um, the heart rate variability guys with HeartMath Institute, they do a lot of that where they'll like bring people on stage and change their state immediately and measure it uh, real time on the screen. But the different types of breath regulate different types of activation of the nervous system like that Pilates breath. And when you were talking about it, I was like, well, that makes sense. And I'm going out on a limb here, but I would assume that that more classical version of Pilates breath was specific to more rigorous athletic events like that higher intensity dancing where ideally you would downregulate the nervous system and deep belly breathe as much as possible, like jogging with the water in the mouth and like training yourself that nasal breathing as much as possible to kind of prevent and alleviate too much stimulation in that nervous system. But then again, sometimes you want that overstimulation and that extra rigidity in the core. Like when you're doing a set of RDLs, that cue is the same that I use. Bring the belly button to the spine. Tighten the core set. That's your actual transverse abdominus, which attaches on the spine, horizontally wrapping around to the front of the body, and it squeezes everything in tight. And when you're trying to prevent any kind of movement in the spine, that is really effective if there's external load. But then immediately after, as soon as you can, go into that deep belly breathing, bring the heart rate down as much as possible between sets. You know, just it's just interesting. I wonder if that's kind of where that philosophy came from with the original methodology of breathing from Pilates. Because like with yoga, there's so many different types of breath that you can do for whatever you're trying to do. So it's just cool how kind of adapted these different nuances to apply for whatever method or modality they're using like you wouldn't want to use the Pilates breath when you're getting a massage or mm-hmm. you, know, yes. no. you know but you wouldn't want a namaste breath running from a tiger you know so right. it's just, exactly exactly uh, it's it's definitely based on your needs so yeah. we can we can um posit that a lot of the initial Pilates students for decades were hypermobile very very vigorous movers and they if they have a very overly flexible spine in the first place, why would they want to open the ribs more and create more flexibility where they're already very flexible? And and yes, there there would be reasons why you'd want to have more of a stable base. And then there's someone like me where there's stuckness in the internal organs, in the muscles and the connective tissues. And it's been that way for decades because I got diagnosed at 10 I already knew something was up at five and in hula class I could tell my hips were a little different but I got diagnosed at 10 and and my my spine was like that for another more than 25 years and so I needed to do something different and so yeah it's 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 definitely based on need Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I, I I can nerd out on that stuff. I mean, I love just the way different kinds of breathing can affect your performance in an activity. But um, like chi breathing, you know what I mean? Like breathing for chi, it's just like like those little tweaks to it can really make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. He's another great example. I mean, he's going around and validating it with scientific studies now where he does his breath technique they hook him up to monitors and tests. Like they injected him with E. coli and he did his breath technique. And basically his body just went in and destroyed the E. coli just because he's got his nervous system so trained 
from doing breath work. And he's an old yogi too back in the day, but Wim Hof, great resource for learning more about breathing techniques and how it changes your state, your nervous system. That's incredible. Yeah. Lahela, I know that that's not the only tweak you've made. You've also developed your own bodywork method. And I'd really love to hear a little bit more about, first of all, you know, describe what bodywork is in general and then what you did to develop your own practice and what it's like. Okay. Um, well, I'm a licensed massage therapist and board certified. So of course my, my work is professional massage, but body work, you can be doing body work on a loved one. It's a way of, you can soothe someone. You can, you can get rid of unnecessary muscle tension. One thing that we could all agree on, if you have unnecessary muscle tension, that's going to detract from your performance. Let's say you're trying to run from a tiger. If you have overly tight muscles and they're not allowed to release and contract, you're not going to run as fast or you're not going to be able to jump and, and climb up the, tr- you know, climb up the cliff and climb up the rocks as someone who's more flexible, more agile. So body work is, is, is a, a really important part of, of anyone's well-being is that it will, it will help them be more comfortable in their bodies, more agile, more flexible. It definitely does help someone who is into athletics. It's, it's very helpful for someone who's got a sore back. And what I do with, when I do Pilates with someone, as I, especially if it's a one-on-one, I'll tend to use my hands on them because I am also a licensed massage therapist. And I work out of a place that has all the licensing that I can do that, where if someone is, let's say they're doing a, a side bend and they go, oh, and I say, oh, a little tight today. Okay, so I'll just put my hand on on a on an area with you know with um, their consent, of course. Let me put my hand on their hip. Okay, let's try your side bend again, and maybe put a hand on a hip and a hand maybe in the back somewhere on the shoulder, and I'll just lightly release tension in the uh, into the fascia, which is just under the skin surface, or maybe I'll say, oh. Can I do a little shiatsu point here while you're doing this exercise? And they go, oh, wow, that really helped. Mm-hmm. And so I blend my, my practice. And when it comes to coming up with my own body work, it's because I studied osteopathic sciences through Franklin Method teacher training. So Franklin Method itself is a very colorful and innovative way to learn about human body mechanics and you, you do absorb a lot of pretty deep scientific principles, but it's presented in a fun way where it's not overwhelming with like bookish type of explanations. So you just, you experience something in the class to help you understand what the, the, what really good functional movement is, or even just the breathing exercise that we did is derived from my training in Franklin Method, where I help people understand what they're feeling, why it feels different by just experiencing it. And um, I mean, I can do a quick little exercise uh, right now just to relax the neck and shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. And I mean, I'm sure uh, if, if we were just to take like a silent poll of people listening, like you can 
raise your hand even though nobody can see you. Do you have <laughs> tight neck and shoulders today? You know, probably a bunch of people already raising their hands. Yep. <laughs> work at a, at a computer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Spend a lot of time driving. Maybe you drive mm-hmm. to work. Maybe you drive your kids around. Maybe you drive a, you know, maybe you drive for a living. Maybe you're, you know, a, a rideshare yeah. uh, professional. So a lot of us have built a lot of muscle tension. And um, you can just sit for a moment and just kind of think to yourself, how do I feel right now in my neck and shoulders? And we can just do a quick little lift and lower the shoulders. Not super fast, but just lift and lower the shoulders, both of them, a couple times. Maybe three times. Just lift and lower. And just, and then you can stop and just think to yourself, like, on a scale of one to ten, one being that was awful. I never want to do this again. Ten being that was amazing. I can't wait to lift and lower my shoulders again. <laughs> or somewhere in the middle. Maybe five is kind of like, eh, it was okay. Didn't hurt. Didn't wasn't great, but it didn't kill me. You can just silently rate to yourself because it's all subjective. Like how, you know, how would you have rated that sensation in your body? And then let's ask, do you think that you can improve it even by just a little bit? Mm -hmm. So let's just do something right now. This is a little more hands-on. So let's take our left hand and place it on the right shoulder. A lot of us are right-handed in any way. So when I say right shoulder, what I really should specify is find that meaty muscular area. So it's more like in between the neck and the shoulder where you you start to feel some muscle. Yeah. You know, that's our upper traps, by the way, and some other muscles, Mm -hmm. but the nice meaty area. And then we're, so notice we have our left hand on the right shoulder. We're going to slowly, gently look down towards the left. So we're looking down slightly past our left elbow so we should not be seeing our fingers if you're looking at fingers then you know you went the wrong way and you just gently turn to head the other way you'd be surprised how many people go oh got it okay mm-hmm. so we're looking slightly away from the the elbow and we're not doing a deep neck stretch right now it's just a slight turn and we're going to do a very small slow nod we're going to let the let the nose go up and down it doesn't have to be a huge nod it can be it can start small so if you happen to have a sensation where "Mm," you know let's just move in a range that's right for you this this morning this afternoon whatever time you happen to be listening to this you can start small and then you can decide whether you can go bigger but we're going very slow We'll just do one more nod up and down. And as we're nodding, we're still looking, as we look down, we're looking past that left elbow. Okay, and then stop. And we're going to do some small side-to-side figure eights. So if you can picture Stevie Wonder moving slowly, great. You might be in my generation, but we're just doing side-to-side figure eights. So the nose, you can imagine it's tracing maybe an infinity sign maybe there's some people sitting out there oh i can picture an infinity sign so we're turning the nose and to a side to side figure eight infinity sign nice and slow we're going to do that one more time and then we can stop we're still looking down slightly past our left elbow and our right shoulder, the one that's under the hand, is going to do a small shoulder roll. So the shoulder is going to slowly go forward and up. 
and back and down and forward and up and back and down nice and slow and gentle and smooth forward and up back and down we're just going to do one more it doesn't take a lot and down. and then rest we're going to nod the, the head again just a few times nodding slowly up and down releasing some tension in the shoulder area into the neck and then we'll do a few more side to side figure eights relieving tension even into the jaw into the ear into the temple you may even feel your jaw sliding around a little bit you might you might not we're going to do one more side to side figure eight and stop and then just drop the hands and just leave your hands by your side okay so here's the the moment of proof let's take the right arm where we just massage the shoulder and neck so right hand just raise the right arm up and then bring it down and just notice how that felt let's compare the left arm that we didn't do bring it up bring it down does it feel maybe a little tighter or heavier let's try the right arm again bring the right arm up and just notice how the range is like how far can you comfortably raise it up and down and then notice the other side does it seem like maybe it doesn't go up as high or maybe if you can go high does it feel like you have to work at it a little bit more to bring it full range mm -hmm. so what do we do here we just release some muscle tension and we mentioned earlier if you have excess muscle tension it's going to make you less flexible less agile less mobile if you're trying to run from someone or you're trying to climb something you you won't have as much ability in that side that has the tension so do you think it's a good time to do the other side is it feeling a little lonely the, the, mm -hmm. the one side yeah let's do it, let's do it. Let's do it. And i just want to mention to our listeners if you're listening to the audio only you can find this video by going to the holistic therapies directory website and we're also going to have it up on youtube you can see us live at our cameras all of us in our different locations doing all of this at the same time so make sure you check that out afterwards awesome so we'll take our right hand now we're placing it on our left shoulder but again finding that nice meaty area of muscle so it's kind of in between the neck and the shoulder really so um we're going to take our our head now and look gently slowly down and away so looking slightly past our right elbow so again not looking at fingers if you see your fingers just turn the head the other way and you'll be just fine and we're going to nod a few times now so then we're going to nod up and down we're keeping the head facing slightly past that elbow so we're not looking straight ahead and we're just gently nodding up and down once again doing a range that works for you so if you feel tension just go to a point that works and then see if you can get bigger and bigger let's do one more for now up and down okay stop and then stevie wonder side to side figure eights we're going to turn the head side to side and little figure eights where you can think an infinity sign drawing an infinity sign with your nose how's that releasing some tension in the neck shoulder even into the jaw and then we're going to stop looking down pat slightly past the elbow again and now we're going to take our left shoulder the one that's under the hand and do a few shoulder rolls up and back and down 
and forward and up and back and down. Why are we doing it slowly? So it's because we want to reinform our nervous system that we can do things in a more gentle way to release muscle tension. Let's do one more time. Forward and up and back and down and stop. And just nod a few more times with the head looking slightly past the right elbow. Slow nod, up and down. You might notice muscles sliding around on your fingers, maybe. One more up and down. And then side to side figure eights. This is a form of body work. We're just doing a little self-massage. And just nice and slow. We're going to do one more time side to side figure eight, i.e. infinity sign and stop. And then relax and place the hands down. We did that all right. We did the shoulder and everything. So now we'll take the left arm, raise it up. Does it feel a little lighter now than it did before? Awesome. So we just experienced some things that I do in my Franklin Method classes. And I, I'm definitely going to be working on some workshops and I'll figure out how to make it accessible to a uh, to an audience that's not right in the room. But I will be working on that. I'm going to work on one for the feet. So oh. keep that in mind. Yes. Everybody has, can improve our feet. So exciting. Um, yeah. But uh, let me ask you, how did you feel? What did you, what did you think about that um, exercise for the neck and shoulder? I could feel it all the way up to my chin. I really felt a lot of release in my scalenes and my sternocleidomastoid. Nerd talk, that's the front of the neck for all you people really really good all the way down even through the first rib area i've noticed big release and this is a big area for me where i carry a lot of tension is front side of the neck awesome awesome nicole what about you what did you what did you notice i felt a lot of clicking at the base of the skull as things started loosening up right around there and um, i definitely felt the difference as soon as i lifted my arms up i could feel the tension all down um you know, down the side of my arm, down my lats. I just felt it free up, which was great. <laughs> I needed awesome. that. Awesome. So do you think, um, do you guys think that this would be a, a pretty good thing to do when you're taking breaks while, when you're sitting at the computer? Maybe. Oh. oh, yeah. And uh, maybe something that you might want to do if you've been driving for, let's say you've been driving in traffic and get out before you when you get out of the car before you get going to your destination, do you think it might be a good thing to do just, you know, once you step out of the car or even sitting in the car for school? Stepping up. I mean, right away, waking up, doing that, just open, mm-hmm. fine, getting everything traveling and open. Love it. I, I call it movement snacks with my clients. I say movement snacks. Give them an exercise like that and wherever they're dealing with it and say, I want five snacks a day, whatever. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I borrow that and give you credit? Please, please. Okay. <laughs> Genius. I take this one with you. Jerf, J E R F, just eat real food. <laughs> Diet. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that is a um, a brandable thing. You should you should think about that. Don't you worry. <laughs> T-shirts on the way. Yeah. I love wow. it. That's awesome. Yeah. So that that's um, in a really quick nutshell. That's what I like to do with Franklin Method is 
have someone feel a noticeable change, hopefully for the better, but you know, obviously I want to get them to improve and feel it just within a couple minutes and whether, whether it's just something that they can take with them through the day or whether it just gets them started so that they can actually do their session in a comfortable way. Yeah. I was going to say too, I personally would love to learn more about your upcoming projects and I'm sure the viewers would too, because if they had access to say an online video course where you put together kind of a top to bottom, you know, here's a couple of quick assessments you could do. Okay. That needs this work. Here's this drill like that one. Like you got tight shoulders, do this guy and have like an instructional video course of some kind. I think a, that would kill it. And B, there's such a need for that kind of very methodical and slow movement-based kind of outlines, courses, frameworks for people that need it so bad. I will work on that. I'll definitely work on that. Yes. Good. Yeah. Keep us in the loop. Okay. Yeah. I've been so- signing up too. This is great. So for people who, other than the upcoming workshops you have, for people who are not in Hawaii and are thinking, Oh my God, I need someone like this to fix me. Like tell me what to do to make my body better, to get rid of my pain, to release this tension. What suggestions do you have for them to find a practitioner who would be similar to you? Okay. Well, I, I, my first suggestion is if, um, if they want to try and do a, um, a distance learning type of lesson we can definitely talk about that and i would also love to be able to refer friends of mine that i know well and what i would like people to do is just find my website it's www.lahellafit.com so we'll probably have to spell that out it's mm-hmm. l a h e l a f as in frank i so lahellafit.com and you can just send me an email so we can get a conversation started and say hey i live in milwaukee what do you you know what suggestions do you have i will certainly talk to friends that may be in the area or close by and see how best they can help in person and then we can also talk about whether we can get some things going even just by by video chat like how we're doing Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I will be I will be hitting you up for sure. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Always looking to get better. I mean, the core is so um it's so fundamental to so much of what we do and then your knees, your feet, everything you're talking about, just getting your shoulders, you use them so much throughout the day that if something is out of alignment, it can literally affect and have this snowball have this snowball of horrible outcomes throughout your body. And it's just finding someone who's so knowledgeable and can intuitively see the interrelatedness and doesn't just say, oh, you have shoulder pain? Let's do some shoulder exercises. But we'll look at your movement the way you do and see the interconnectedness. It's just, mm-hmm. we need more of that in the world. <laughs> it's just so great to talk to you. Thank you. Well, and then the reason why I'm choosing feet is because it's our base of support. We put all our weight on our feet when we're standing anyway. And, you know, and, and I just want to frame it a different way. Instead of focusing on pain per se, discomfort, if I can help someone improve the way they're using their feet, 
they will notice a change in their back. They'll notice a change in mm -hmm. their knees and, and everything. So I, I like to start from the ground up. If yeah. you can just start with that, it'll make them want to continue. And, you know, I, I even had a friend who years ago, we started working together. He, he was um, only wanted to do one-on-one -on -one lessons. And he said he needed to lose a lot of, of weight personally. And I said, well, I'm not that person, but I can help you just use your feet better, um, center better. And then after that, he was motivated to get into outrigger canoe paddling, all kinds of different sports. And now mm -hmm. he coaches paddling. Mm -hmm. And he said that just that little push got him to, you know, in, in getting uh, into athletics and lost his weight but i'm just i'm just excited that he's now coaching yeah. <laughs> so that's great yeah. Could you give us yeah. a little blurb about uh the foot workshop you're putting on because i as well am fascinated with the feet and so kind of a premise of why are feet important what do they have to do with movement and performance and how is this workshop going to help people understand that process better Okay, awesome. I'm glad you asked. Uh, so I'm still formulating the workshop because it's going to integrate Franklin Method. And we did a, an exercise that's based um, quite a bit in Franklin Method, but also included some of my massage. So it struck me that I'm maybe the only Franklin Method trainer that can also apply to get continuing ed credits for massage therapists. So I want it to appeal to the massage professional as well as the person who's into movement, either, you know, say a movement coach or just someone who enjoys exercise. And the reason why feet are important is we tend to bust up our feet and we don't think about it until something is wrong. Mm -hmm. But we've often been doing something dysfunctional for many years before that. Prime example, as a female, I wore high heels for years, <laughs> stuffed my toes into cute, adorable shoes. But by the end of the day, my right pinky toe was always numb. And I didn't think about that at 18, you mm. know, so I have a numb pinky toe. <laughs> Fast forward to late 40s. Oh, interesting. Gee, I wonder if that's how this bunion may, you know, start. Right, so we, we think about all the ways that we can use our feet better, we can improve whatever level we're at. And I, I see a lot of feet in massage therapy and also in Pilates because you know, people take their shoes off to work with me. And I go, oh, Interesting, let's let's see what we can do to improve the feet. As I said, we use our feet to support our bodies, standing especially, it bears all our weight. If we can just improve the way we balance over their feet if we understand a little bit better about the deeper osteopathic sciences meaning the joint movements of the foot and how they how the the foot relates to the entire body as a whole will will notice right away that just an improved use of the foot will make us feel better in the knee as i said in the low back even maybe up into the neck yeah. And for myself with the scoliosis, I could tell right away that not only was my spine curved in a 
in a not normal way, but my feet were also not balanced. So I had to work also on my feet in order to change my spine as well. And just over the years, I've just been noticing more and more how valuable it is to understand the foot, how it should ideally work, but then also realizing that we don't live in ideal bodies perfectly aligned in space. And some, you know, as we get older, we might notice some arches starting to collapse or feet flattening and widening. That can also happen with mommies because as they get pregnant, they, their um, hormone, their pregnancy hormones relax the ligaments everywhere. So that can also affect your feet. And just by strengthening the feet, we'll also be able to improve the sense in our bodies overall. And for a massage professional, it, we're going to be doing a lot more hands-on techniques than in a typical Franklin Method workshop, which tends to be standing, sitting, moving, and experiencing movement. But I want to include a lot more hands-on techniques because the workshop to, to also provide continuing ed credits, hopefully. Uh, I want to provide some um, self-massage techniques and massage with a partner so a massage professional can take some of these tools with them and go, awesome, I've got more foot massage techniques. Someone who's non-professional can use it for self-care and caring for their families and their loved ones. And um, so I think it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, that old song when you were a kid, um, I don't remember exactly how it goes. It's like, you know, your knee bone is connected to your hip, but yes. you know, your thigh bone, your thigh bone. And it's, it's so true. Everything, you know, everything affects each other. We have, you know, these kinetic chains, we have, um, you know, a force is distributed yes. through multiple areas of the body, just through when you're doing simple movements. And I feel like, you know, for me, a big game changer was when I started working out barefoot a lot more and it was yeah. totally by accident. You know, it was just, I happened to be, you know, I was a mom. And so I was doing a lot of workouts at home, like, you know, Oh, I'm going, I have 30 seconds. Let me do something. And I wasn't going to worry about changing and all of that stuff. And just, I started noticing the difference and it, it just, it just felt right. I started just not wanting to wear shoes at all anymore to the point that when I had a gym, you know, a couple of years ago, it's like when everyone cleared out, you'd see me just like, you know, working out barefoot. Cause I'm like, okay, okay. I don't have to worry about liability issues or, you know, like no one's here. I'm doing this my way. And now it's like, whenever it's possible, I work out without, and I just feel like my body just automatically just kind of adjusting goes the way it's supposed to do without me thinking about it so much because you know once it, it takes a little bit of time you're wearing shoes all day and everything but for me once give it maybe like 20 minutes half an hour for my shoe you know my feet to kind of get you know loosened up again and all of a sudden everything just goes the way it's supposed to without me having to think about it and you know, I know like you know, some people really find the support of shoes to be really helpful so I'm not saying everyone should do what I do but you know, personally, I can attest to the importance of the feet. I mean, I gave up wearing shoes when I run, except when the weather is cold. And, you know, like I, I live, I live right by the beach. And so I just started, I, I was scared at first, but I was like, I have to do this because I just feel so much better. You know, I had, you know, uh, switched to barefoot running sneakers. And finally I was like, I'm just taking them off and I'm going to see how badly cut up my feet get. And surprisingly, they rarely get cut at all, but 
And now it's just, I get so upset when I, like, it'll be like 50 degrees outside. I'm like, I'm still going barefoot. And then once it gets to like 45, I'm like, oh man, well, you're, you're, you have to you're, put sneakers on. You're tough. I mean, I live in Hawaii, so we're, we're spoiled. If it was 70 degrees, we go, oh my gosh, it's cold. <laughs> one thing that is a, a, such an advantage being in Hawaii is being able to walk around barefoot just about anywhere. <laughs> barefoot in the grass and barefoot in the sand. And it is yeah. amazing to be able mm-hmm. to do that. I don't even take shoes with me most of the time. Like I'll just get into the car without shoes, drive where I'm going without shoes. Go <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. I couldn't imagine doing that. in like, if you do that in New York, like people will think there's something wrong with you. It doesn't matter how hot it is outside. It's like, do you want to step on broken glass or a needle? Because. (laughs) Right. Right. No, it's true. And I mean, it's, it's true that you can get in your car and go without shoes. And you're suddenly in say the, um, a grocery store and you're like, Oh, I don't have shoes on. So you're (laughs) through the aisles because the, the floor is cold. You're like, okay. Getting my lettuce, celery. Okay, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is like a culture shock to me right there. Yeah. I can't even. Uh, okay, you know, it's just going to end up with all of us moving to Hawaii. I mean, you're there. John, you just moved there. I, I just, I want to move to Hawaii now. Hey. But it's much harder to go on a long road trip if you're on an island. So if that's, we'll true. that's true. <laughs> no shirt, no shoes, aloha. I saw that the other day. I was like, yes. <laughs> Well, I live there part-time. I'll chill with you guys. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah, but anyway, hello. let's tell people how they can find you. Um, you so you mentioned your website, lahellafit.com. Yeah. Uh, what else should they be looking? I know you mentioned you have some uh, some articles people can read. Like, give us more. Okay, well, I, I, do, I do have the Holistic Therapies directory listing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I have to actually come up with the the actual wording of it. So unless you have it. In yeah, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll link to it. Yes. Okay. So my holistic therapies website is, I just have to make this a little bigger right now. So it's HTTPS. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it's basically uh, co- colon slash slash holistic therapies directory.com slash Hawaii slash Kailua slash yoga slash Lahela dash Hekakia. But the easiest way of finding it, honestly, is I just did a Google search saying holistic therapies directory Lahela, L-A-H-E-L-A came up with it immediately. Mm -hmm. And um, then you can also find me on lahelafit.com because I've found a way to link both websites together. And then just shoot me an email so we can start a conversation and we'll, we'll work from there. So if you happen to be here or far away, I'll, I'll find some way to, to, to help, whether it's uh, distance learning or trying to find someone who's nearby. And I mean, I have lots of friends all over, so I, I like to spread the love too. Do you have any social media handles that you use for your business? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter kind of stuff? Lahela Fit, so L A H E L A F I T. So Facebook that's and Instagram or on Instagram, not on Facebook yet. I, I'm I'm a little 
uh, I'm still working on that. I'm a little behind, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yes, I do have, I do have La Hella Fit on Instagram. Again, I'm 49. So I'm one of those early generation Xers. So I'm just <laughs> learning more on how to use social media, which is awesome. I, I love you guys. Don't and, it yeah. took forever for me to on the Cape man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, like we're, we're both millennials, I guess you could say we're like, you know, I guess on the older end of the millennials and I'm still not, it, I, I still barely know what's going on with social media. It's like, I'm on and off. That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two hours a day. So <laughs> awesome. yeah, but- on Instagram, though. I'll look up your handle. I'll follow you. My, my handle is Thor Kempf. So I'll be okay. with you. I will look that up. Yes. Awesome. And, um, yeah, so again, you can just find my website. That might be the easiest way. LaHellaFit.com. Shoot me an email. We'll, we'll start chatting and then I can also send links from there to make it easier. So you don't have to spell anything out. (laughs) Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank thank you so much guys. I I really, uh, this has been so enjoyable and I look forward to working with you again in the future and updated on on the workshops round two in the future we'll come up with some movement and breath stuff we'll do something cool Mm, yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah sweet awesome and uh we're you know we might have to call this movement snacks you know (laughs) (laughs) yes i love it (laughs) okay awesome well thank you all right well yeah and you know, for everyone listening, make sure you check out in the show notes. We'll have related links from everything we've talked about. And uh, make sure you check out lahellafit.com. And you, you know where to find out more about John and I if you're, if you're not already familiar with us. But um, Lahella, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. And um, once again, this is Optimizing Human Potential, Mind, Body, and Soul, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory, which has many wonderful practitioners such as Lahella in it. So <laughs> make sure you check it out. And wherever you are in the world, have a good morning, good day, good night, and thanks for tuning in. And mahalo, which means thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody. Take care. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Optimizing Human Potential show. Don't forget to rate and review. For more information, you can visit www.holistictherapiesdirectory.com. And from their website, you can check out their social pages. We'll see you in the next episode.